It's over, children. It is the end of the world. And it's just our damn luck that we're on the radio. This show is called The Earth Wants You. The Earth Wants You. Amen. Brought to you by the Church of Stop Shopping. Co-hosted by Princess <laughs> Savitri D. I may be a princess and now, but there's a queen lurking beneath Hallelujah. this space. There's a queen lurking beneath <laughs> everyone in this room. Killian Sundaman, you're no exception. <laughs> uh, the radio public don't know, but Savitri is wearing a crown at the moment. Oh, yes. We, we, the audio people don't know. But, but don't worry. These are sustainably sourced plastic jewels. <laughs> Amen. Today on The Earth Wants You, we have, of course, our news from the natural world. We're going to recite some tragedies quickly. We are earth lovers, aren't we? Yes. We earth lovers here? Yes. We tree huggers here? Yes. Hey, Amen. Are we hippies? Hippies? No. Mm. I draw the line. right. <laughs> I was born on a commune, but... Amen. You admit that. I'm going to reclaim the hippie open. title and make it a good thing. Take the pejorative out of it and put the pejorative back I'm going to bring the hip back to hippie. Hallelujah. <laughs> praise be. <laughs> and leave the pie behind. <laughs> the work, however, of the Church of Stop Shopping over the last weeks and months has been immigration rights. That's uh, right. One of our singers, uh, Ravi Ragbir, uh, is facing deportation. And we were faced with uh, the intersectionality of many. Can I use that word? What does that word mean, anyway? Uh, the second, third, fourth, and fifth kinds of causes that sometimes we traffic in, all within the great embrace of anti consumerism. Stop shopping, children. That's right. But we had a rally uh, to die for Saturday. In downtown New York City, I'm serious now for a moment, in Foley Square, which is between the New York Supreme Court and this ginormous 60-floor-high uh, federal building called mm -hmm. the Jacob Javits Center. Right, where, this is uh, the building where people go to check in uh, for their immigration uh, meetings with uh, ICE and sudden DHS. Detention, uh, uh, families from all over the world go in there and are afraid as ICE Immigration Customs Enforcement, ICE, uh, face them and uh, tell them if their family is being torn apart in the next minutes or not. So this rally, so you can't deport a movement. That's what it was called. That's what we called it, inviting people from all different uh, walks in New York City. We need to make one of our secular gospel songs. You can't deport you can't deport a movement. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Am I there? Am I halfway there? Am you know I 10% there? I think we've got the A. Let's get the B in the bridge and we'll be all set. Amen. <laughs> Let's sing that song as we jump off the bridge. And we also have the Chiricahua leopard frog oh, yes. singing for us in this special segment called Extinction's Got Talents. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute, that title, Extinction's Got Talent, doesn't, isn't that disrespectful? Isn't that making fun of the threatened species? I think we're in for it. Are we going to get some flame, flaming over the uh, internet from uh, Extinction's Got Talent? Right, the vegan backlash. We await the vegan backlash. I just want to say to all the Chiricahua leopard frogs that may be listening right now, 
We do not disrespect you. We are playing your songs in the mountains, in the Chiricahua Mountains, where Geronimo used to f- outwit the cavalry. Mm. We, are, we are playing your beautiful music because we love your music. Amen. We want you to come back. We don't want you to die out. Hallelujah. But that is, that is a suspiciously clever extinctions got talent. Well, okay. Amen. Praise be. You know, I choose my battles, Billy. You made that up. I pick my battles. I made up that phrase? That's right. But then it should be my phrase that I could, like, withdraw. That's right. Out of fear. Fear of an avalanche of snark. Amen. Praise be. Or a a raining frogs, leopard frogs falling from the sky, falling on you until you fall down. All those dirty tricks operators that work for the frogs. That's what I'm afraid of. Children, that rally just gave me hope. There are about 500 of us. And we had that big ice skyscraper with its white, kind of the size of a sawed-off shotgun, white surveillance cameras along the top of the building. And we had, we had hundreds and hundreds of people that were raising their hands when they were asked, will you, will you take undocumented New Yorkers into your home if it comes to that? And they volunteered. Uh, and, and it was, well, uh, a... a, a gathering of radical americans again we were mm. we were we were in ferguson missouri we were in standing rock north dakota we were in zuccotti park it was that feeling that special palpable feeling that you can't explain but it, the excitement the a lot of people gathered together together willing to take the risk i think that that's what is that feeling let's talk about that is that is that the feeling of galvanization is that the feeling of solidarity is that the feeling of of love manifest what is that feeling i think that last one love manifest i it's not uh, as those former phrases before you got to the word love i have memory issues i can't remember the beginning of the paragraph that's right galvanization <laughs> solidarity but the that sounds too solid that sounds too I don't think that feeling comes from theories. I don't think it comes from uh, uh, right thinking. I think it comes from the excitement of shared commitment, mm-hmm. risk. Mm-hmm. I, will, I will risk mm-hmm. uh, life and limb for these people who in some cases have been here so many years, but if they arrived yesterday, it's the same. This country and this city are made of immigrants for of, for, and by immigrants. Mm-hmm. Come here. Be with us. Mm-hmm. You are New Yorkers. You are royalty. Be here. Hallelujah. It's true. And the very identity of New York City in particular, I mean, all of the United States, really, as we know, it's made up of immigrants, but New York City's deep, deepest cultural identity is as an immigrant city, right? All of our stories come from immigration stories. Everyone from Salvador Dali to Emma Gold, I mean, everyone who came here has a creation myth you know, every famous person from New York, there's their creation story of coming to New York, right? Amen. And even if you come to New York from somewhere inside the United States of America, in a way, you come here as an immigrant. I mean, it, that is the identity of this city. So it, you it, cross the Hudson and whoa. there It's a very powerful whoa, narrative here. And so to stand on the on the street in New York City with, um, you know, the children of Jewish refugees, the children of, uh, of you know, Uzbeki refugees, <laughs> the children of Ecuadorian refugees, like, um, and, and then all the people who just come here because they, they want to, they want a life in New York City. Because they believe that incredible green woman that we have in the harbor with the torch and the book and the broken chains at her feet. That's right. And boy, if the right wing 
the nativists, the white supremacists, they would just love to get rid of, of the, I, they I'm, would. So, I'm so glad the French gave us that, that statue because you can't get rid of it. You can't, and you can't <laughs> deport a movement either, yeah. right? Amen. So you can deport every, you can deport an individual, you can deport multiple individuals, you can deport a whole community, but you cannot deport a movement. And if we are able to really build this movement and to, to build on the momentum that we have over the last year, really, but especially the last month in this city, um, wow. Hey, you know what? We could t t spend the whole hour talking about this. I know. Why don't we? Why don't we just cancel everything? You want to cancel? Oh, no, but we've got a great interview today. Adam Eidinger. Adam Eidinger, one of the, one of the premier cannabis activists. Something that's going to happen in the course of this hour is we're going to be exploring how uh, different issues live with each other. And the, the immigration rights lives with civil rights, lives with environmental rights. I mean, these, these issues are, are one great peace issue. And uh, we, wanna, we feel it intuitively sometimes more than we understand it, but that's our exploration today. Speaking of the natural world, it may be that time for the news. Hello. Welcome to News from the Natural World. I'm Savitri D. Poor rains and crop infestations in southern Africa are threatening deeper hunger across the region, with millions of people, especially children, at risk. Large swaths of land across the region from South Africa to Zambia have been hit by high temperatures and low rainfall, while an invasive crop-eating army fallworm outbreak has shrunk cereal crop production for 2018. Documents discovered in Canada reveal that the Trudeau government treated Donald Trump's election as positive news for Canada's energy industry and welcomed the help of Canada's main corporate oil group in lobbying the U.S. administration. Meetings conducted by senior government officials with TransCanada and the Canadian Association of Petroleum Producers reveal a one-sided approach, more reminiscent of former Prime Minister Stephen Harper's secret oil advocacy than Justin Trudeau's green electoral promises. Mm. The Liberal government has strongly backed the export, export of Alberta tar sands via the Keystone XL pipeline, which was initially rejected by the Obama administration on climate grounds, but approved by Donald Trump in March 2017. The controversial decision by President Donald Trump has shrunk the size of two national monuments known as Bear Ears and Grand Staircase Escalante by hundreds of thousands of acres, enraging environmentalists and American Indian groups who feared a stampede of mine and oil wildcatters would rush in and destroy the area's sandstone vistas, historic rock carvings and artifacts. And yet, five days on, not only has there been no stampede, but no one has shown up at all. Amen. The Utah Division of Oil, Gas, and Mining it. says it hasn't received a single permit application for plots in the area. All right. That may not ease the angst in the activist community, but it does highlight a couple of key elements to the dispute. While the remote region contains several minerals as well as oil and gas, the logistics of moving material in and out are tricky, and the only resource that has the real potential of luring explorers is uranium. But uranium prices are depressed having plunged more than 80% since 2007 and squelched interest in opening new mines. And getting those trucks full of oil past All Idle No More, which is hanging right. out on this All highway. of which means that for now at least, the, Trump's ad the Trump administration's scaling back of the monuments feels 
more like a symbolic political statement than anything else. And we should mention that th there are about a thousand lawsuits just waiting in the wings for that first mine. Praise be. Um, the number of oil and gas rigs in the United States has increased an astonishing 38% over the past year. That's according to S&P Global Platts Analytics, which reported this week that the country had 1,070 rigs at the end of January, up from just 773 a year earlier. I will say that 1,000 rigs is sort of less than I would have imagined. Hmm. But, hmm. okay, now that I know the number, it's a lot. Seems um, like a lot, 1,000 rigs. Experts, check this out, experts expressed they? fear that all of this new development does not bode well for the planet. It will have a significant I'm one of those experts. <laughs> climate impact, said Romani Webb, climate law fellow. The oil and gas industry is a huge source of methane, which is really a potent greenhouse gas. And then, on top of that, you also have the carbon dioxide emissions from the combustion of this oil and gas. So this is a very concerning from a climate perspective. That's right, Romani. Very concerning. <sighs> Our carbon footprint is supposed to remain, the Guardian is saying this morning, 2050. To 2050, it's supposed to remain. It's actually going to rise slightly. The same yeah. or more. Yeah, this is not encouraging news. So here at the Church of Stop Shopping, we uh, encourage you to stop we shopping. We don't encourage false hope, but let's believe that something we do matters. Uh, golf is facing an increase in unplayable holes. Winter course closures and disruption to professional tournaments due to increased rainfall. This is good news, people. <laughs> Golf is facing an increase in unplayable holes, while rising sea levels could jeopardize all the world's coastal courses by 2100. <laughs> I have a bias against golf. Yeah, I do too. Uh, myself. Okay. It's the clothing they wear. Yeah, the I think so. University of Colorado Boulder researchers have developed a new type of malleable, self-healing, and fully recyclable electronic skin that has applications ranging from robotics and prosthetic development to better biomedical devices. Electronic skin, known as e-skin, is a thin, translucent material that can mimic the function and mechanical properties of human skin. So far, it sounds a lot like a condom, but I know there's more to it. A number of different types <laughs> and sizes of wearable e-skins you see what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Are now being developed in labs around the world as researchers recognize their value in diverse medical, scientific, and, and engineering and sexual fields. <laughs> the new e-skin has sensors embedded to measure pressure, <laughs> temperature. <laughs> Sorry. This news item is going to hell. Forget it. In a handbasket. Anyway, check it out. All right. Awesome new e-skin. <laughs> An astonishing number of viruses are circulating around the Earth's atmosphere and falling from it. The study of viruses marks the first time scientists have quantified the viruses being swept up from the Earth's surface into the free troposphere beyond Earth's weather systems, but below the stratosphere, where jet airplanes fly. The viruses can be carried thousands of kilometers before being deposited back onto the Earth's surface. And a language Jesus. previously unknown to linguists, dubbed JEDEC, has been found in the Malay Peninsula, researchers from Sweden report. A new language, people. Here we are. 2018 and just discovering a whole language. I How thought about you that? Were gonna, are you going to burst into this language right now? I wish I could. The community in which Jeddak is spoken is more gender equal than Western societies. There's almost no interpersonal violence. They consciously encourage their children not to compete, and there are no laws or courts. Hmm. 
And finally, we mourn the death of Kavos Syed Imami, uh, founder and leader of the Persian Wildlife Heritage Fund, who was recently arrested and held in prison, uh, along with seven other members of the Wildlife Heritage Fund. He reportedly in Tehran, correctly killed himself in Tehran mm. in prison. Uh, that is obviously contested by his family. Um, and his last words uh, over social media just a couple of days ago, um, hopeful for narrow-minded people to get wiped out, hopeful for peace of mind for environmental activists, hopeful for the removal of concern of those awaiting the return of loved ones. So, Kavos Saeed Imami. And um, also thinking of uh, Moyadin Moye. That's right. Black uh, Lives Matter activist Lives Matter. murdered in New Orleans. New Orleans, just a, um, a day you and know, a half ago. New Orleans ago, has a lot, of, a lot of murder, a lot of violence there. I've, I've heard there are four environmentalists a week that are murdered. Worldwide, around yes. Around the earth. And, yes. It's a dangerous uh, job. Dangerous our job. Our hopes and prayers go out to the loved well, ones. Well, it's just a reminder always that, you know, the natural resources are resources. And, and so uh-huh. it, the contested uh, space mm-hmm. means that someone is trying to get it. Someone wants it. But these are people who leave a, tr- a trail of life in their wake. That's right. They pass from us but leave more life with us. I mean, and they're dangerous grateful. because they hold a mirror up to the governments of many places where uh, resource extraction is, you, you know, it, it is the arena of corruption in many governments, including our own. And environmental activists, they hold that mirror up and, and show what governments really do, which is protect corporations. Well, the mirror is not going to work unless our media shows what you know tells shows the meat murders to the general public and 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 the journalism's why am i having trouble here because saying it's sad it because it's, so because sad. it's difficult yeah. and sad and it's 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 so distressing and demoralizing to think that journalists you know, are being killed as environmentalists are being killed they are two right. kinds of people and it goes hand in hand that's right. their job goes hand in hand that's right the journalists go to the environmentalists they report they report what companies are doing Coca-Cola are arranging for the murder of yet another labor organizer in Colombia and so forth. And that goes to the journalist and it comes back out to us and around the world. Um, But they are intent upon killing the bearers of that message. That's right. So let's listen to a song now. Here's Bert Yanch. Let's go to some music. Poison. And as we confronted the tragedy of what's happening now on the earth. Oh 
So that was Bert Jansch with Poison. Great song. Um, we are so delighted today to have Adam Eidinger on the phone with us. He is a Washington, D.C. businessman and cannabis rights activist. He's known for his role in spearheading Initiative 71, which legalized cannabis in the Dis- District of Columbia. Amen. That's Washington, D.C., for Amen. those of you who don't know. <laughs> he has been involved for probably his whole adult life in the peace movement, the fight for f- fair food labeling and policing issues of various kinds. Eidinger has been involved in a wide range of political actions and has been arrested more than a dozen times. Wide and Adam, long and deep. Welcome to The Earth Wants You. We like to start our show by asking you to describe your favorite place on Earth. Oh, my favorite place on Earth would be any healthy reef system uh, with uh, snorkeling gear on, just floating on top of it. That would be my favorite place on Earth. Did you say reed system? Reef. A reef. A reef. A reef system. So you're a snorkeler, and you like to go down in those coral reefs and look around at the life down there. Tell us a little bit. What do you see down there? I've never done that. I have a perforated eardrum, and I can't go very deep in water without severe pain. So I usually don't go too deep. I'm, I'm usually just on top, but uh, trying not to disturb anything. Uh-huh. But um, just observing it, you know, it's it's just a beautiful experience to see the biodiversity, the colorful coral and fish, and 
there's a little bit of danger involved. You know, occasionally you'll see a shark or you'll see um, maybe a jellyfish that wouldn't be too nice to bump into. But at the same time, you're experiencing this beautiful place. And unfortunately, um, due to the aquarium raid, um, these, these reefs are being picked dry. And then we have bleaching from global warming. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that, that are destroying our reefs, uh, reef systems, I should say. And, you know, there's an effort in Hawaii right now to permanently ban uh, the aquarium trade because, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we're talking mm-hmm. about $20 million worth of fish that are, you know, dying in the pipeline every year. Wow. Uh, so, it's you know, people, people don't know this, but I 90% so. of the fish that are caught for the aquarium trade die before they make it to market. <gasps> mm. Oh, that's uh, awful. Is, mm. So yeah, you have a very special relationship to... Uh, when there's a news item, uh, you know, there's a general, uh, the bleaching of the reef systems is like the polar bear. You know, it's one of the indicator uh, items that is coming back to the news all the time. And uh, we lay people sit here in the cities and read these things. But you have a very, very emotional response to, to any news about a coral reef. Very much so, and you know, it's because of just at a young age, I was exposed to it in the Bahamas with my parents, and um, I've been exploring reef systems my whole life. Uh-huh. I've met a lot of advanced divers and read books, and it's just a, it's a fascinating um, world down there. And we know very little about the ocean depths. Uh, it's one of the least explored places on Earth, still, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, it's mainly uh, explored for uh, for oil oil exploration mm-hmm. and mineral extraction. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, reef systems are something we can protect, uh, just making small changes in the way we consume things. And, you know, the next time people you see a saltwater fish tank, you should think about the reef system. So uh, let's talk about cannabis. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, let's yes. talk yes. about it. Amen. It's, I think it's... I think it's uh... It's the 20th of April. <laughs> That's my mom's birthday. <laughs> 20th of April? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh, wow. Well, we want to know, um, uh, now that we're turning toward uh, marijuana being a part of our lives legally, uh, we know that um, there are farmers laboring, as they have for many years, in parts of our um, North America. We know that... Um, there are giant corporations that are circling like the sharks of your youth, ready to uh, pounce. And um, I would just love to hear your take on on where we are right now in this in this interesting development. Well, I, I think you'll love the fact that when we legalized in Washington D.C., it was kind of like the Church of Stop Shopping. Uh, it's legalization without commercialization. We legalized home cultivation, personal possession, exchange with no re- remuneration, no kind of reward for giving up cannabis other than maybe friendship. Uh, so we, we've, we, we have a pretty radical law here, and it, and it has a lot to do with Congress stopping our local government from writing its own laws. So Coca-Cola, it, it's, it's illegal for Coca-Cola to sell cannabis in D.C.? Yeah, so there's no there's no actual sale of cannabis unless it's a medical dispensary, which requires the, the person to become a patient with a doctor's recommendation and and paying some extra fees to the city, and then you'll get a card that says you can buy cannabis, and that's what's being set up all along the East Coast right now are these very closed 
systems which uh, keep the price of cannabis high, which require the uh, medical dispensaries to, to grow the cannabis indoors. Mm. Uh, I have a real problem with this because the only reason cannabis was ever grown indoors was because of prohibition. Right. And we have to remember that, that it used to just be an agricultural crop. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if we let it become an agricultural crop and allow interstate commerce, the price of cannabis is going to drop dramatically. Uh-huh. Yes. That's good for the consumer. And meanwhile, um, we can focus on quality issues. And so right now, I don't think it's quality if you're using light that is coming from a nuclear reactor. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I really think we need to be growing under the sun. And we need to have the roots of the plant in the soil mm-hmm. in order for this to be part of the carbon reduction solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and something we like to call regenerative agriculture. It's a new, Amen. new term. Um, and so, you know, we're not going to get regenerative agriculture with these very closed uh, systems that are basically monopolies. How does the organic market work with marijuana? I mean, I know on the West Coast there's been a lot of issues with pesticide use and, uh, you know, some some small mammals and, and fish populations being um, disturbed by the the amount of pesticides coming off of the marijuana farms on the West Coast. Can you talk a little bit about that? So most of the pesticide use has been uh, occurring on uh, federal and state lands that are just vast amounts of lands in the Sierras, uh, for instance, very isolated places, uh, not exactly good soil either. So they bring strong uh, uh, petrochemically-based fertilizers uh, to treat the existing soil there, to you know, juice the soil up so it makes uh, uh, nitrogen available to the plant. And, you know, um, they leave their containers of the chemicals on site, and they end up, you know, getting into rivers and streams. So this is a result of prohibition, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, and also the result of very restrictive, uh, overly regulated cannabis markets. So we, we need to basically make cannabis as legal as tomatoes right. or cucumbers. Mm-hmm. Any other, it just treat it like a plant that anyone can cultivate and do whatever they want uh-huh. with it. And I think home cultivation in urban areas is a very low-cost way for people to get uh uh, to get cannabis. Are you guys recording this in, uh, on the sidewalk? We're in New York City, baby. We're in New York on, on the street. You, you hear can't that get siren? Away from the cops, they're everywhere. The, the police know we're here. They we're just, being surveilled. Yeah, Adam, they're just circling everywhere. us constantly. Like we're we we are like we stand there and the sharks circle us no matter right. where we are. That's right. <laughs> we like to stay up on the surface, but the sharks rise. Don't worry, we're on the second floor. Okay, Hallelujah. so we're safe. I know, I at the they, they're talking about cannabis. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, we we uh, we have farms starting in in uh, New York on the rooftops, which is yeah. a, a big part of our city that is under underused, and uh, despite. The pollution, the sun reaches the rooftops. Right, and we are, we're and told that our temperatures in New York could be like as many as three to four degrees cooler if we had rooftop greening going on in a in a more thorough way. So maybe we should, in, you know, we should start a cannabis on rooftops campaign here in New York City. Well, I think New York City should allow people to grow three plants in their home. Uh, you can set up a small tent and use lighting. I think that's actually the only appropriate place to use lighting is in the home. Because, you know, it, you have this space. It's your home. You spend a lot of money on, on electricity for things that don't actually grow plants, like, you know, televisions and Internet and things like that. So 
why not actually grow indoors in your home? What I'm referring to earlier is the sort of scaling up green, giant greenhouses with grow lights right. and, and, and completely pushing aside the idea that a farm is part of an integrated ecological system. Uh, so this, this gold rush that's being, you know, taking place on Wall Street, it's taking place um, really in many states across the country uh, where people are investing a lot of money into cannabis and building out spaces and setting up these dispensaries. And, and, and you know, I was just in California for legalization, you know, it went into effect on New Year's Day. Right. And uh, there are lines down the block. Mm-hmm. Why are there lines down the block? Because there's only a few people with licenses to mm-hmm. sell it. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, it was the most ridiculous purchasing experience I've ever had. I mean, I, you know, I'm waiting in line for something for an hour and when I finally get inside the building, they're like, oh, wait, now here's the waiting room. Fill out this form and tell us everything about you. And it's like, you should have no right to have, have to ask all this information. Right. You, you know, it, it, it's just ridiculous. So a lot of people are going to stay in the underground economy mm-hmm. as long as the politicians continue to pass laws that are, they're just, you know, setting up their rich friends. Well, how much do you think of it, Adam, is like a, a, a sort of the the tyranny of technology? Because I know a lot of that sort of hydroponic technology comes to us from, um, you, you know, climates like the Israeli climate, for instance, where they, the growing food becomes this technological kind of experiment. And we and then we import that technology. And then it's the business of those technology companies to keep their business going. And then suddenly we're all like swept into this instead of just growing a damn plant, which is the most basic technology we have, which is to put a seed in the ground and let the sun grow it. We've been doing that for thousands and Amen. millions of years. Amen. Was there a question I, I in there somewhere? Uh, greed. <laughs> yeah. I think she's asking the question is, what is it? And I said, well, it's greed. You know, yep. It's, yep. It's people who have patented technologies who now need to capitalize on it. Maybe someone else they sold the technology to is like, well, you know, we paid for this. We need to patent it and make money. And it's just this whole machine. And uh, what they're not looking at is like, how much of a fossil fuel reliance there is, how much they rely on mining uh, peat, uh, peat moss, and how much they you know, rely on mining bat guano out of caves. Uh, I mean, this is, these are not sustainable systems. that are. Mm-hmm. So you can get great organic cannabis grown in a greenhouse. I, I, I'm not going to dispute that. It's delicious, well, you know, perfectly tasting, beautiful buds, you know, stuff you spend $600 an ounce for, okay? Wow. But, but yeah. But uh, it, 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 what does it do to the environment? That's what I'm asking. And, and I, I don't right. think enough people in the cannabis space are asking that. They, mm-hmm. the most are very concerned with uh, profit. Uh, so getting back to like the solution, the solution is the consumers. The consumers can just say, look, I'm not buying it from a street-level dealer anymore because I know that's sprayed with chemicals. And I don't want to buy it from a dispensary necessarily. I want to grow it myself. I want to grow the strains, that I, the CBD strains or... I want to breed my own strains, and people can do that. You know, if you have two people per household, three mature plants per person, it's a maximum of six plants that have flowers. If you have 12 plants that are not flowering, uh, you know, this is a real basic law, and mm-hmm. a bunch of states have this. And if New York had it, it would change the game. You know, you mm-hmm. would suddenly have a real uh, cannabis culture where people can come out of the closet. They can say, look what I did, and it empowers every single citizen to become a farmer in their house. How do you start that way, process? Do you, you, you go to a, you find a cannabis advocate uh, on the um, I think uh, it's state in, in house level? Yeah, well, you need the city of New York to simply say, we decrimmed it and you can grow plants in your house. 
you know, they've already. Well, I just wonder, Adam, how much of it here in New York is is like a a racial issue? I mean, because I've always felt like marijuana was this tool to enforce racist policing. We know that in New York City, discretionary enforcement of low level marijuana crime was always the way to get a black man into the house. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I feel like in New York City, that's almost that's the obstacle. Right. Is this entrenched racist um, control? Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, I mean, it, marijuana prohibition was the gateway to incarceration for m- mostly African Americans. We need to continually to acknowledge that, and uh, really, the systems that are being put in place are locking out people that should benefit from the marijuana boom, namely people who were put in jail right. for it. And and instead, they're saying, no, you have a record, you're a felony, you can't be in the business. Um, in D.C., you know, we've had a lot, a lot of pushback, although we do have min- some minority ownership of dispensaries here. In Maryland, uh, you know, the whole program got delayed over this issue. Um, there's Really, the solution is, issue, is make it easy to get a license mm-hmm. and then let the market decide who is best mm-hmm. at selling it. Don't predetermine the winners, and there seems to be a lot of that going on. Well, right. I know in Oakland there was some reparations involved with the legalization or decriminalization, at least, that the— that they were they were trying to do you know this I, I don't know the details very well but that they were trying to give the allotments to African Americans to put them first in line you know as a kind of reparations for the for the drug war essentially mm-hmm. for for the uh, adult sale yeah that is happening in California mm-hmm. across the state actually and and then recently uh, uh, Oakland and San Francisco and a number of cities have proactively expunged records they not, right now you have to go and like ask a judge to do it for the most part in mm-hmm. states where it's become legal or there's medical so having the having the courts having a law passed that says look you need to expunge all these marijuana arrests and convictions they shouldn't be on anyone's records anymore because it's legal now and and that that's that's happening and that's something we're fighting for in dc in the next mm-hmm. year it's, it's definitely achievable there was a little bit of that kind of talk uh during obama's uh presidency uh, with our friend Ravi Rakbir, who's they're trying to deport. Um, he was a telemarketer 20 years ago in a company uh, that was convicted of wire fraud. He didn't know anything about mm-hmm. it. He signed some paper that said, this will go away if you sign here kind of thing. No lawyer, no advice. And now they're using that as, as uh, a pretext for, at the rally on Saturday, there were people in the back of the rally who had signs Ravi Felon, Ravi Felon. They were jumping up and down and shouting. Um, this this idea that you you look back on the convictions that have taken place and have a realistic assessment of what happened there culturally, right? Who who's, who's, who are the judges? Who are the prosecutors? What's the cultural atmosphere here? How is racism uh, playing on on this? On, on who goes to jail, who gets convicted. Um, would, would, would love to have more reforms in that direction. When we're, when we're uh, uh, dealing with uh, Trump and Republican judges, what we have is, is uh, 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 the demonization of people on the basis of mistakes they made in their youth or um, when, uh, uh, racially or, or, or culturally uh, getting bad advice in a, in a vicious judicial system um amen i think that that has to happen happen across the board certainly certainly that that joint in the ashtray syndrome uh that's an obvious uh 
a way to to uh, keep racism in in the uh, assessment of the of how some of these people are treated now. Hallelujah. Well, well, there wasn't a question there. That was like preaching, wasn't it? We're coming to <laughs> the end. Adam, can you can you uh, preach to us a little bit? You are very articulate and clear, and you must be in, in demand. I hope you're in demand to uh, represent these positions across the media. Um, your clarity is is uh, um, really laudable. You've obviously been living. You have the emotions. You're living the issue, but then you also have. Uh, the clarity of the data you have you know the history of this thing you know where it is now we're really grateful that you're on our our the earth wants you today and please I just invite you to make a make a final statement here before we say goodbye well I just want to tell everyone out there support legalization but make sure home cultivation is part of the legalization that you're supporting if it isn't don't support it always the 99.9% of us are going to be consumers. We're not going to own these businesses. It's about the people who use the, the cannabis, not the people who sell it first and foremost about the consumers. So uh, we got to get our act together because right now the, all the advocacy organizations, they've been very focused on setting up a business model and uh, they have not been focused on consumer freedom and, until very recently. It's starting to change, but uh, we see the benefits of, legalization without commercialization in dc and we could have commercialization at some point in the future but uh, you know if you want to end the arrest you want civil rights to matter then you got to support home cultivation and personal you know possession as a, you know no ticket no fine you don't get to seize my cannabis that kind of those kind of laws need to be rejected as a type of reform those aren't reforms it's just perpetuating the situation Amen, so, adam and the regenerative farming is it, it, it if if somebody's dealing with the the living earth and seeds the sun the 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 growth of those plants it just changes us it changes how we feel about other people how we feel about the earth uh, the the psychological impact of regenerative farming we're a part of what gets regenerated amen amen and grow with the seasons and and grow in the soil that's 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 got to be part of the solution and Grow with the seasons, grow in the soil. Thank you so much, Thank Adam. Thank you, Adam. Adam Ad Eidinger of Washington, D.C. and the Earth. So interesting. You know, there's really no precedent for what we're dealing with with marijuana right now. I'm just thinking about, can I come up with something similar in in history, you know, in, in, in economic terms? Like, I can't. This amazing... Alcohol prohibition, not it's not really, the same. No, because... The, the the marijuana plant the whole plant is useful the entire plant you know you you can use it to make paper you mm. can use it to make cloth you can you know the flowers and the buds that's sort of the least of the plant in a way I mean it was a commercial agricultural co crop in the United States for a long mm -hmm. long time mm -hmm. rope I mean all kinds of things so it's it's fascinating to think of like this economy growing around this plant that has coexisted with humans for thousands of years right we've we've had marijuana in our lives for a long, long time. It's a magical but then being. To, yeah, and then the control that the government, uh, the prohibition, as Adam calls it, then that leaves, and our and our imagination is stuck in this business model. We can't see it any other way. We can't see it as this plant we just live with, like, you know, an herb garden, a kitchen garden outside our window. We can't, uh, That, uh, yeah, it's a very interesting problem. 
what's the, what's the what's the name of the um, the wonderful plant that um, that grows seven feet tall that uh, corn and uh, here that replaces corn? Oh, amaranth. The, the, oh, the cannabis I, is a little like amaranth, yeah, yeah, yeah. like amaranth. Similar. It's a it's a magical, creative, multi-purpose uh, companion to us if we if we danced with it. Speaking but amaranth, which, amaranth is is uh, opposing corn, and therefore we have the huge corn industry and, that and keeps. And amaranth is a big problem for uh, for the subject of this song, Monsanto. Monsanto is the devil. Ooh. Stop shopping choir. Amaranth is going to come. Take t- We sang yes. that when we were opening for Neil Young. Yes. Amen. She's in love with the sun. Get back to the sun. Get back to the sun. That song's all about a seed. A seed is not a logo. Can't kill her with your name. She's got the power. She's got the power. That's the seed. The marijuana seed. Any old seed. The Seeds. corn. The corn. The maize seed. seeds. The original technology people. And now it's time for Extinction's Got Talent today. The Chiricahua leopard frog. Ooh, amen. 
the Chiricahua, for those of you who don't know, is a large wilderness area in, in the uh, east southeast of uh, Arizona and the southwest of New Mexico, right on the border of Mexico. Apache territory. The frog, the Chiricahua leopard frog, thrives in places with permanent water that is well oxygenated and moderately supplied with organic matter. Th you know, that sounds a lot like a hydroponic farm, which we're going to abolish on the advice of our guest. Adam Eidinger Adam tells us Eidinger. to let's get regenerative here. The heaviest bodied leopard frog in New Mexico, the Chiricahua leopard frog is shy and is quick to take the shelter of deep water when disturbed. When disturbed, its mating call is a snore-like trill. Like other leopard frogs, it feeds on a variety of insects and other invertebrates. <laughs> Although once common prior to widespread habitat loss as a result of water withdrawal for agriculture and industry, mm -hmm. accelerated erosion, wetland vegetation degradation, and bullfrog and alien fish introduction, the Chiricahua leopard frog is now suffering a dramatic decline. Additionally, excessive ultraviolet radiation levels stemming from atmospheric ozone damage can elevate wow. egg mortality and is suspected in the worldwide decline of frogs and other amphibians. The golden toad, Costa Rica. UV radiation, people. It's killing the, the, the reptiles. The Chiricahua leopard frog is a candidate for listing as an endangered species by the federal government. And now the snore-like trill of the Chiricahua leopard frog. thanks to the Center for Biological Amen. Diversity for that recording. I want to tell all of our listeners, you can download <coughs> endangered species ringtones at the Center for Biological Diversity's website. They are longtime allies of the Church of Stop Shopping and doing great work over there. You can also get endangered species condoms from CBD. E-skin? E-skin? Yeah. More of that E-skin. E <laughs> <laughs> we have a theme going yes, on we here. do. <laughs> what a theme it is. I think the uh, the population uh, has gone down as a result of this this show. <laughs> Amen. Is somebody out there just chuckling just a little bit? Is there is there is there humor here, Killian? If we could just have a touch, he said a touch. <laughs> a touch. <laughs> Ask an Irish immigrant a question, and you'll get <laughs> a snarky answer. Now, if we could just get the the uh, the someday the technology will have the aggregate chuckling. The entire. The, you mean the laugh track? The the toads. You mean the chuckle meter? <laughs> the chuckle meter. We already have a chuckle meter. <laughs> We've tried to make you cry today. We've tried to make you laugh. We. Uh, one of the things that makes us cry just a little bit is is, uh, something very familiar. On the left, uh, capital L left, what we call the uh, you know the. Those of us who are progressives, we tend to splinter into causes that then become isolated from each other. And they become little islands that are separate from each other. Now we just talked to Adam Eidinger. He's a cannabis activist. That's one of the more recent ones uh, of among the causes just in recent decades. Uh, but we, 
we like it that Adam talks as if he's an environmentalist. We, uh, you know, you know, I, I'm getting some nods on the chuckle meter here. I'm, I'm getting some nods from my audience. We, we know that we, uh, we're familiar with um, farmers that don't care maybe about gentrification so much, we're, we're about labor organizers that don't care so much about peace activists. Animal cruelty people just don't care that much about roof gardening. We, we, however, have the same look on our face when we all together look at Donald Trump. Then all of a sudden, with a common devil to share, our differences don't seem so, so remarkable because all of a sudden, we're all dying at the same rate. The life and death the life and death uh, stakes of a Trump presidency. This, this show, The Earth Wants You, says that the Earth is a living being and that the Earth is an intelligent being and the Earth has opinions and feelings, medical problems. <laughs> the Earth has an opinion about its principal, or should I say her, principal predator, which is, which is doing so much harm. The opportunity that arises from giving the earth what it already has, which is an intelligent life, having that opinion and getting out of our human chauvinism and letting the earth have that life back at us, well, then we're in conversation with the ultimate anti-Trump. We're in conversation with not just the devil, but also that, well, in the Church of Stop Shopping, we pray to the, the earth. When you have the earth there giving you your information, then the differences between the different causes on the left, that difference isn't so great. Now, it's, it's not, we don't, have to, we don't have to persuade everybody to pray to the earth the way we're praying to the earth, but there's an attitude there. There's a humility there. There's a, there's a, there's a reaching out there to, to, to life. And, and doing, that, doing that together... We feel, this Saturday at this rally, we felt the connection of immigration rights and civil rights. Yes. We felt, that we, we felt the, the, the integration of civil rights, immigration rights, and environmental rights. Yes. The, the sexism, the racism, the, it's, it all comes into play. And we all end up in this, on the face of this earth together, all the ethnicities, all the ages, all the genders. And, and we have one thing in common, and that is we want life to Make more life. We want to survive and flourish. We wish the best for our children. Doing that together, all these issues come together, and we become more powerful as we oppose people that apparently don't want life to continue. They deny it. They just don't believe in climate change. Wow. They just don't believe in that the animals are becoming extinct. Wow. Believe. We believe that life, life hallelujah. Life is radical, and we're becoming radical under the direction of the earth. Yes. The earth wants us to be radical. Yes, the earth wants us to save life for life. Yes. Amen. Somebody give me a life hallelujah out there in the big church, that mega church out there. <laughs> life hallelujah. Praise me. Amen. Yay. The end of the world. It's the beginning of the next life. Amen. Praise be. 
Thank you so much for listening. This is The Earth Wants You with Savitri D and Reverend Billy, a project of the Church of Stop Shopping. Please rate and review our show. Email us. Talk to us. We're in a conversation here. Earth Hallelujah. <laughs>